Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. For more information on how CertainPath can put your contracting company on a certain path to success, visit our website, www.mycertainpath.com. I hope you enjoyed today's show and take away a nugget or two. David, thanks so much for being on the show today. How are you doing? I'm great. Excellent, excellent. Well, we're, we're uh, here to talk for a great reason. You had a great year. Before we get into it, can you uh, share with everyone who hasn't had the pleasure of uh, meeting you what your name is, your company name, and where you guys are located? Sure, yeah. Um, my name is David Deal. I work for Tingley Home Services. We're located out of uh, Milford, Massachusetts. Um, and then we service basically the whole Metro West area of Boston. Um, so all the towns just outside of Boston, Weston, Wellesley, uh, Natick, and then, um, yeah. Very good. How long does it take to get into Boston for you guys are? Uh, into Boston from Milford, probably like depending on the traffic, it can be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. That was it, right? Yeah. It's really true. If you're going really deep in, into the heart of the city, yeah. um, could, yeah, you could have had like a one and a half hour commute before. Um, and then there's parking. Yeah, it's a whole other issue. But, yeah. Um, how's, how's the traffic like the Metro West part of Boston where you guys are? It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Um, yeah. Um, if you're getting, the closer you get to the city, the worse it gets. It's sure. Crazy. It makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Like I said, we're talking for a very good reason. You had just a killer year last year. Uh, share with everyone what you what you ended up doing in revenue as, uh, as an electrician. Yeah. Um, so last year I did, it was 856000 sold and installed. So and installed. Not that you just sold a job and someone came behind you. You did it yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're busy. Yeah. You're a busy man. Yes. Um, yeah. Sure. Sure was. Had a couple crazy months where I was starting to question my sanity. But um, yeah, just go home and reset and um, take it one day, one day at a time. That's great. I want to get into your process and how you approach it, Paul. Before we do that, I love learning people's uh, stories and how they got to where they are. So you're you're a young guy, but you said you've been with Tingley for six years. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, six years in October of 2022. So. Okay. What were you doing before that? Were you in school or what were you doing? Um, yeah. So I did. Uh, I did like two and a half years of college, like a lo like a lot of the people in the in the or like a lot of people that are like electricians at my, our company and yeah. really just everywhere. Yeah. Um, tried out the college route. Um, did a couple of years at a liberal arts college. I majored in liberal arts and then environmental studies. Uh -huh. Um, and uh, I was just like, what the hell am I doing? I was watching, um, my uh student debt just rattled. I was going to say you're watching and you're student. <laughs> yeah. Let's go out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all I was do is doing was drinking and partying and yeah. not like figuring out what I wanted to actually do. Sure. Um, I was like, I just need to take some time, think about it. Um, and just kind of work some like jobs here and there. Yeah. While I figured it out and then started to think about the trades. Really? Now what, what, what drew you to the trades? Did you see something, talk to somebody? Um, it was actually my, my brother who's two years older than me. He like, he was getting close to graduating college and he was like, you know what, dude? Because I was talking about him, talking to him about like what I like trying to figure stuff out. And he was sure. like, you know what, dude, if I could go over, go back and do it all over again, I would get into welding. There's a bunch of money there. And I was like, hmm, welding, trades. And started just, it kind of took off from there. Yeah. Um, and so I um, eventually started looking into plumbing, welding, um, and then electrical seemed like it was the most um, practical and it was the kind of thing that kind of like take those skills wherever I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and, and so how did, how did you get mashed up with Tingley then? Just answer an ad or how that work? Um, so the, in Massachusetts, the way that schooling works is you have to basically do like 600 hours of class time, um, and then work four years as an apprentice. And you can either do the school ahead of time, um, uh, before you even start working or do, um, night classes. Um, so I did just a year, uh, of school school at like a trade school okay um and while i was going there the founder of the com- company vinnie tingley he came to the school and did um an inspirational talk just to kind of talk up the trades and make it try to motivate all the students there um and so i started talking to vinnie um a little bit while he was there yeah and we made a connection and then um he had me come in we had like a couple week-long vacations so on my vacations i would go work for him um, was there an interview process or he said, just come on in and check it out? Yeah. I mean, it was like, we kind of chatted while, while, we're, while he was at the school. Yeah. Um, and that was, there was never really like a formal sit down, um, interview. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of like, he got to know me then. And then I would come in and work for the week. Um, yeah. And we kind of just, it was pretty informal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of lucky in that regard. I didn't, cause I didn't. I mean, interviews can be a little nerve wracking. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. How many trucks were you, were they rolling at that point? Like what? Six years ago? Yeah. Six years ago, you said, right? Yeah. Probably. I think when I started, there's probably three trucks on the road. Yeah. So they're um, way smaller. Yeah. Things have broken considerably. Yeah. Now, now we have, um, I think we have six licensed electricians, um, six to seven. Um, and then we have an HVAC department now too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, in, in total, I think we're up to like 20 technicians, like between like HVAC, licensed electricians and apprentices and all that yeah. um, out on the road every day. Yeah. Support for this podcast comes from redesign.co. Are you finding it hard to make your mark in the competitive digital world? Look no further than redesign.co. Our expert services will ensure your business achieves maximum visibility through Google ads, SEO optimization, social media management, and a strong online presence. Don't let potential customers slip away and allow your brand to blend in with the rest. Get in touch with redesign.co and let our exceptional digital marketing team help you stay ahead of the competition. What's it like working with the team? I mean, there's some really great people over there. I've gotten the pleasure of the meeting, you know, and knowing, you know, Vinny and Ryan and yeah, I think Jason and there's a handful of other I think technicians. I think I've talked to your team over the years. So mm-hmm. what's that like? It's awesome. It's uh, it was like like when I started at the company and like what, even when I was like just working there, um, on the like during my vacations at when I was going to trade school, um, I was blown away at like how different it was from what I was expecting when I got into the trades. I was I was expecting to be doing commercial work or working for some big company or something like that where I was just a number and like I always heard the like common thing where like oh you're an apprentice you're probably going to get treated like a piece of shit for four years you're just a, you're just a tool um tool monkey yeah um and I got there and everybody was like my age there wasn't anybody like even now like our oldest licensed electrician is like 32 or 33 yeah so like everybody was like the same age as me and we were all having fun um good energy. um yeah really good energy mm-hmm. um and so they yeah, so it's a really good place to work. Um, and they like the um, they really value all their employees and everything, and they yeah. try to um, make sure you're aware of that. And sure. 
Can you tell me, um, I, I guess I didn't realize it or I, I'd forgotten that, I, um, you know, Vinny is kind of transitioning but, uh, out of the business a little bit. He's done a great job. And then yeah. Ryan's kind of spearheading it out. But now Vinny's uh, got an interesting role, though, in the company. He's still around. Kind of share what, what he does and, and how he works with you guys. Yeah, so Vinny, you know, um, is the... His, his role in the company is the dream manager. Yeah. Um, so he'll basically have one-on-one -on -one sessions with all the employees. And um, you can kind of choose, like, if you want to just do, like, two a year or if you want to meet with him every month. Yeah. And basically he kind of just talks you, talks through you, tries to, like, get to know you on a personal level and figure out uh, what you want to do, what your goals for work are, for your personal life, because um, they kind of, like, realize that like it's an important in order for you to be happy at work and be a productive uh member of the team yeah you have to be happy outside of work too sure um so they, he tries to help you like hit all your goals and that's cool. all areas of your life yeah i mean it's a tough job that you guys do you know and but it's, it's nice to see a company value you beyond what you can produce for them mm -hmm. so that's really cool very yeah. cool all right so you uh to back up a little bit you know you started kind of showing up and Kind of sort of working, and you're seeing like, oh, this is a pretty cool place. So, when did you officially become an apprentice? Then did it take long? Um, no, it was like as soon as I got out of I got out of school. Um, I could have like gone from like get out of school on a Friday and start working on Monday. Yeah, I took a week off, obviously, but um, yeah, I was like, I didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, it was immediate. Okay, um, it was good. great. It was. And then what's the I guess for the next four years you were an apprentice then. Mm -hmm. Okay, what was that experience like? What kind of training? Did you get both uh, technically, but especially also, you know, this is a certain path or more on the communication and sales side of things. Mm -hmm. What kind of training did you get in that side of things as well? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my entire four years, I think we had just maybe like a year or two before that we had they had started with um, SGI at the time. Right. Um, so we we're like my entire apprenticeship. We had been using the um, that business model. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, like over the just over the four years, I was able to um, work with everybody and kind of see um, how everybody kind of approached. Because like there is like the specific like way that we're supposed to like go about things. Everybody has their own specific style of doing it. Yeah. Um. So I was able to kind of like see how um, everybody did it their own specific way. Yeah. Um. And kind of like figure out like be like, oh, I like how he's doing that. Yeah. Um. I don't like how he's doing that. Or sure. Like when he's talking to customers or stuff like that. Right. Um. And kind of like figure out how I want to do it on my own. And having four years to um be kind of like on the sidelines or kind of like just be standing behind the licensed electrician as he's talking to the customer. Yeah. Um there's a lot of time to be able to observe and just um see what's going on. Yeah. Figure it out for myself. I bet but well first of all, how did they decide that you were ready for your own truck? Was there a way to the was just everyone said, "Hey, yeah, he knows what he's doing." What did you have to do, you know, role play or whatever in in, in the office? And they said, "Okay, you got it." Or, well, how did you graduate officially to your own truck? <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, like once I got my license, they were like, "All right, you're ready. You're good. Just go for it. You've been here for four years. You, yeah. you know it." Um, sometimes, like occasionally, um, the licensed guy I would be with would um. Be like, hey, you want to take the tablet and try to present this to the customer, something like that. Right. We didn't, we didn't do that too often. Um, or sometimes, like if we we're in the middle of a job, so we we're doing like a diagnostic or something, and had to like go tell them we had to do a little bit more or something. They would be like, hey, you want to like take over and see if you can um, get them to agree to like do more work or something like that. Um, but 
really, I mean, like even as an apprentice, like I was able to kind of like start to talk to customers more and more, even if I wasn't like presenting options and yeah. that just kind of got me more comfortable with, sure. um, dealing with that interaction. Yeah. Um, as time progressed over the four years, like obviously in like my first two years, I'm not the most like outgoing or social guy. And so like, um, if they were, uh, it took a while for me to get to that point, but, uh -huh. um, really you, yeah. you, you, fit, you felt a little awkward at first doing it. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, there, there are some like stories from when I was like in my first year that we always like joke about, like when I just like tried to talk to a customer say about like a digital timer or something, I just completely botch it. And the, <laughs> the licensed electrician is in the other room and they're like, Dave's talking to the customer. We have to go save him. <laughs> so, um, what was the turning point? What made you more confident? Just running on more calls, or, or was there was there I think it was, that you could think of? I think it was yeah, running more calls and then just kind of getting more comfortable um, on the technical aspect of things. Oh sure, um, just being more confident. Yeah, um, about the work that I'm going to be doing, like just knowing more about everything that's going on in the home. Right. Um, just kind of like just experience yeah exactly better you feel yeah. confident in your technical skills so thus you're more confident in talking to people about it right that makes sense that totally makes sense all right well let's let's go into your your process a little bit um when you get say it's, it's your first call today you get dispatched to that that call uh what do you do to get ready for like how much of the notes are you looking at about what what the call is about what do you do uh personally to mentally get yourself prepared what's your process like um so yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I mean, I'll usually like listen to music, usually just throw Spotify on, yeah. um, kind of make the apprentices listen to the music that I like to listen to. Oh yeah, um, that's true. You got an apprentice with you now. Yeah. That's the deal with it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll look up, um, the house that I'm going to try to find it on Redfin or something. Um, see like how big of a house it is. I don't always do that. If it's like a, um, pretty straightforward job. I don't worry about it too much. Um, I just, cause I mean, I'm going to get there. I'll be able to see it and talk to the customer about it. But if I'm like, if it's a huge job where they want like 10 different things, there's a big laundry list of things they want done. I'll be like, all right, what, what's going on in this house? Sure. Um, so sometimes I'll research the house a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I'll obviously look in the history to see if they're a new customer. Um, Maybe what or if we've offered before. Yeah. Um, yeah. What type of work we've done in the house, um, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So I can kind of refer to that if I like be like, Hey, I, I noticed that we've done a bunch of work, um, in the past. How's all that holding up? That kind of stuff. Right. Right. Um, or see what options maybe they, yeah. they didn't buy, but maybe there was mm -hmm. a note that they were kind of interested in it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very or, good. or if I see that we've tried to sell them a search projector three times over and they said no every time i'll be like all right maybe i shouldn't try to push the search <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't need to get them angry at you right yeah uh that's funny okay all right so you get you get to the house right you you want to make sure to get out and promptly and walk up to the house knock and you know smile they let you in uh when you get into the home what do you, you know how do you start making that connection with the homeowner because obviously not everyone wants a service person in their house right you know nope. they'd rather be maybe watch tv shooting anything else spending money so you know sometimes there's some angst the homeowner might have how do, you, how do you kind of get them to trust you and like you is there certain things you, you ask about kind of break the ice or give a sincere compliment what's what's what do you like to do um i mean i kind of try to um 
I don't like to have just like a, I don't always just like immediately go to be like, your house is beautiful. Sure. Um, I kind of like try to stay fluid and just kind of go with the flow. If like there's stuff to talk about, I'll, um, if there's something I notice I can relate to them on, um, I'll try to like make some conversation with them. Um, a lot of the times people are kind of like, um, they know there's an electrician there and they just kind of want to dive right into it. Right. Um, so I'll try to make eye contact, eye contact with them, yeah. stay positive and sure. keep a smile on my face. Yeah. Um, try to kind of like get on their level. If I notice that they're brief and to the point, um, I don't want to like cut them off, just kind of let them, um, show me what's going on and try to talk to them as we're going through, through things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if they're willing to kind of stand around and I notice that they want to chat and be friends, then I'll obviously do that. Um, but kind of try to, um, you're mirroring your energy. Exactly. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like what I've seen in the trainings coming to past expos. Sure. Um, I was able to like come to one, like when I was an apprentice too. So I kind of was able to like see some of the, um, things that you're supposed to do to try to like get on their level, right. um, try to mirror their, yeah. Mirror their, um, I body language yeah. yeah that kind of stuff sure dude how often do the lures just take you right to the prop like okay i got i got a ceiling fan that needs to be hung in this room let's go is it a, yeah like the people always in a rush that way or, or will some a lot of people stand there and talk with you or what's your experience been um i mean a lot of the times they do kind of just like be like so where do you want to go from here like we'll okay. we'll stand in the we'll kind of like um go through the formalities and just kind of be like so how are you doing blah 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 and just um and then um a lot of the times they'll be like kind of so how do you want to some i mean it's kind of 50 50 some people will be like all right i want to replace this ceiling fan and take you right there um some people will um be like so what do you want to do do you want to like start off at the electrical panel do you want to see that first um or do you want me to show you the problem first some people are more aware that you're an electrician and you want to see the electrical panel yeah other people don't even think about that yeah yeah right um sure so when you um you know, say someone takes you right to the room they want to hang that ceiling fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, obviously, you guys try to do a safety inspection on every call, right? Even if it's like a, a vanity item like a ceiling fan or a, a fixture. How do you uh, explain to home where, yeah, I really do need to go take a look at the, the panel to shut it off? Do you just you got to shut the power off? Or how do you explain to the homeowner, you know, I kind of need to take a look at what's going on in the home? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, say they kind of, they kind of are trying to like, they want to like stay in control and they want to yeah. take you right to the problem. Yeah. Um, I'll let them do that. I don't want to like try to like take that away from from them, um, but also try to like still steer them towards like being able to do the safety inspection and everything. So I'll let them take me to like say the ceiling fan, um, and then be like, so can we see the electrical panel? Um, and then they'll take me to the electrical panel, and yeah. once we're there. Um, that's when I'll usually bring up the safety inspection. Okay. Um, yeah, just kind of be like, so, um, now that we're here at the electrical panel, we do offer a safety and a complimentary safety inspection with the service fee. It's included. Um, we will run, we'll run through that. Um, let you know if there's anything going on the electrical panel. Yeah. Um, check your smoke detectors, GFIs, grounding, that kind of thing. Great. If we notice anything, we'll make any suggestions. Um, most of the time the people are perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Um, if people, there are some people that are just like, I don't want that. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, I don't try to push too hard. Yeah. Um, and uh, that kind of 
I'll, if I notice something big, I'll still kind of like, I won't go out of my way and like go into every room and check for smoke detectors. Does he have room? So oh, did he bring it? Up? Yeah, exactly. Or if I notice, if I take that cover off and I notice that there's rust or um, burning or anything like that, yeah. breakers that need to be replaced, something like that, um, I'll definitely bring it up to them, even if they say no, or at least even if if I know they're not going to say yes to it, um, and it might like piss them off, I might not bring it up. Yeah. Um, but I'll at least make a note of it um, in our safety inspection that we fill out. Yeah. Because um, I think it, I think they have it set so that they, it just always gets sent to the customer at the end. Okay. Um, so I'll at least fill out the parts that I notice, mm-hmm. um, and then it co- kind of covers our bases too. If, yeah. So say we, say we were yeah say something happens afterwards we can be like well we noticed that there was an issue. You just said no to the safety inspection, but we still made a note of it. Sure. Uh, well, we're at the panel right now, so let's dig into that a little bit. I'm sure you walked in this. I mean, being in the Northeast, or some older homes, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've you know you've seen some maybe you know Federal Pacific or just ancient panels, and you're like, uh, I called you out for a ceiling fan. I had no idea that first of all, you know, a panel is something I had to change out. Right? Is I'm I'm a common normal homeowner who has no clue. How do you kind of start talking to uh, me as an ignorant homeowner that uh, this might be something that I should be concerned about what do you, what do you how do you explain you know what you're seeing at, at this ancient panel? Um, I mean, say we run into an FPE panel, um, we or like a fuse panel. Um, we basically tell them if you want us to work on this circuit, we have to we're required by code to put an arc fault breaker in your panel, um, a fuse panel, an FPE panel. They don't make arc fault breakers for that, um, and even if we weren't going to put an arc fault breaker in it. Um, in the panel, we still can't work on that circuit until you do something about these panels because we need to be able to stand behind our work and make sure that once we work on this circuit, if anything happens, mm-hmm. that breaker is going to trip. That's not going to happen with an FPE panel or a fuse panel. Right. They're extremely dangerous, um, and we can't warranty anything, essentially. And we aren't w- willing to take that risk that um, something could happen after we work on it. Sure. Um, we obviously keep everything to the highest standards and make sure that nothing nothing is wrong. Yeah. But just not being able to actually comply with the code, with that panel being in, by not being able to arc fault it. Yeah. Um, they're step one. Um, if they want to have work done in the house um, using a licensed electrician or at least our company, um, they need to get that panel out of there first. Yeah. So you just say, you know, sorry, Bob, but this is really, it sounds like this is a, this is a hazard and, and we need to really talk about replacing this. Yeah. I mean, you just go ahead and, and let yeah. it at that point. And it's like, if you want to make upgrades to your home, upgrade number one that you should be doing is the safety stuff before you spend your money on the nice to haves. Let's focus on something that actually is causing an, a safety hazard to your home. Sure, sure. Uh, let's say you walk on just, you know, it's not as dramatic as that, you know, just yeah. an older panel, you yeah. know, that maybe it's, it's 10, 15 years old, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you open it up, you know, you start kind of looking at it. What, how do you educate the homeowner about what you're looking at and what you're doing? So that's the kind of stuff where, um, yeah, after we're, um, if, after we like kind of like go through everything, look at all the, um, work they want to have done, do the safety inspection. Um, if I notice that, the breakers are super old. Um, we kind of recommend that breakers should be replaced every 25 to 30 years. Um, if I notice that there's really old breakers in the panel, I'll kind of make them aware of that. Um, and yeah, try to bring up arc fault protection. We have to install it on the circuits that we work on. Um, if they have a really old panel, um, 
and we're going to be arc faulting, say, like 10 circuits in the panel to get all of this done, that can kind of lead to we're going to be putting a bunch of new technology into a really old panel, um, bring up the option of do you want us to put all this stuff in your old panel or replace the panel, um, which is going to have to happen at some point in the near future. Sure. Um, and get these new breakers in a new panel so that you're not kind of having to pay for those breakers twice once you have to replace the panel. That's actually, you're giving the options. I mean, yeah. you're not saying you have to do this. Right. Or we're just going to shove, you know, the new stuff and the old stuff, and I don't know any better, mm -hmm. you know, and then if something else goes wrong, I have to replace it a year from now. Yeah. Um, do you have to start having that conversation at the panel, or is that really only delivered when you sit down and deliver options? Well, what do you like to do? Um, it kind of depends on how bad of shape the panel is in. Yeah. If I open up a panel and you can barely get that cover back on, yeah. um, and it just like visibly, like um, even to a homeowner is like a mess, um, I'll try to leave the cover off and take them to the panel um, and be like, hey, look at this. <laughs> sure. This needs, something should happen here. Yeah. Um, if there's rust or something like that, kind of show them that. Um, yeah, so, um, it kind of depends on how bad it is if, um, if it's like, if it would be a good idea to do it, but, um, it definitely isn't as big of a, an issue if they say they have maybe 10 more years out of the panel. Sure. I'll try to be straightforward with them and be like, you could get 10 year, 10 more years out of this. Yeah. It's also the kind of thing where maybe in one to three years, something could go bad. Sure. Maybe even less. Yeah. I can't, you can't really guarantee when something's going to fail. Yeah. Um, so how often is a homeowner, so, you know, get like the, to go back to the example, the ceiling fan example, mm -hmm. how often will the homeowner go with you to the panel on the ceiling fan job? Is it often or they always go ahead? You know, what, what, what's your experience been? They'll usually go to the panel with me. Okay. Um, a lot of the times, like at that point, I'll, um, kind of say like, okay, so now that you've shown us everything, we're going to do our safety inspection. We'll write up all our estimates. It'll probably take 20, 30, 45 minutes, maybe even, cool. um, and that'll kind of be like the like a they'll, that'll kind of like prompt to them like okay he's gonna he he's got some time he needs to take some time to like go through everything yeah a lot of the times people are working from home they'll be like all right I'm gonna go back upstairs and be working from home sure. some people will just kind of want to be there right there with you the whole time and go through the whole safety inspection yeah um which that's fine uh, yeah 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 um sure. they yeah oh I was gonna say um. How do you handle those, uh, you know, uh, those those real strong D, we have D personalities and the disc profile with D personalities that, uh, you know, you, again, you, he wants you here to put the ceiling fan in and he just says, yeah, panel's down there. And you're like, okay. And you go down there and you're like, oh my God, this thing's a disaster. <laughs> and I really need to tell this guy's a disaster. How, how do you get his attention then? He just, do you go up right away and go, hey, you know, you know, Mr. Jones, I, I need to talk to you about that. Or how do you kind of take control of that call in those situations? Yeah. Um. Yeah, in that kind of situation, yeah, I would kind of, like, try to, like, at least get him ready for, like, be like, hey, just wanted to let you know something's going on here more than just the ceiling fan um, and kind of, like, try to feel out how how much they care about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, if the, and I would be like, I can write up estimates for you if you'd like to take care of this. Yeah. Um, it, maybe sometimes if I'm still trying to feel them out a little bit, yeah. give them a pretty broad ballpark for what it's going to be mm -hmm. um to take care of something like that and um kind of try to feel out how they how willing they are to like spend money um so yeah at what point do you, you know what we talk about uh, having a credibility statement you know kind of to, to telling the homeowner hey i've been doing this at a four-year apprenticeship and doing this for two years on top of that i've spent a lot of houses and 
this is what's awesome about Teamly, and here's you know our guarantees and why we're better. When do you kind of work that in? Is that early in the call, or, or is it moments like that where a homeowner's like, why do I need to? The panel seems fine; it works right, but you're like, no, it needs to be replaced. So, yeah. is that when you kind of flex a little bit and, and, yeah. and say, this is what you know, and kind of say, you know, share your credentials? So, when do you like to use that? Yeah, I try to. I kind of try to hold off on like flex my muscles and then like i'm a licensed electrician all right yeah. um i kind of like try to keep that in my back pocket until or like if they start to like question pricing or anything like that um or like question like why certain codes are being like when we start talking about codes yeah um that's when i start talking about like as licensed electricians we make sure to hear to all the um codes that are in place for working in homes yeah um the um, dispatchers on the phone always tell the homeowner that they're sending a licensed technician to the home. So a lot of the times they're aware that I have that license and sure. um, I try to like kind of gain their trust by just um, being a genuine person and yeah. um, try to not have to like flex my muscles in that yeah. way. Um, but it's still part of the process yeah. to go, Hey, I am a lot. Yeah. If my I, experience this is what really is the best avenue. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. What are some of the most, you said code violations. What are the big code, are there certain code violations you see all the time? I mean, again, you guys are in an older part of the country, right? A lot of older homes. So mm -hmm. are there certain things you're always, you know, seeing or, or noticing? Um, yeah, I mean, knob and tube is one thing. Mm -hmm. um, we can't work on knob and tube circuits. Yeah. Um, it's just another kind of thing where we work on that circuit. If something goes wrong, it's, um, yeah, knob and tube is just too dangerous to work on. Um, so if we notice knob and tube, we'll be like, Hey, before we replace this fixture, you have to rewire this, get rid of the knob and tube, at least on this circuit. Yeah. Um, something like that. Um, yeah. Um, and a lot of stuff with like just old electrical panels. Um, yeah. Um, GFI protection, mm -hmm. the codes have constantly updated sure. for three years. So there's a lot of areas like kitchen countertops, um, washing machines, mm -hmm. um, Outdoor outlets. Right. Yeah. Um, how, how do you tell, tell someone, and again, there's plenty of homeowners that don't know what a GFI is. How, how do you explain what it does and what, you know, why they really should have it? Mm -hmm. um, I try to kind of keep it simple for them, but make it just be like um, a GFI is basically that water safety outlet um, so that if any, any appliance that is being used near water, um, Sometimes I'll bring up the morbid like toaster in a bathtub kind of thing. That yeah. one's I don't really pull that one out, but something yeah. if I'm scrambling for something. Um, but yeah, basically just kind of um, yeah, safety. it's a, it's, sure. it's a wa water safety thing. If, sure. um, for any like for the washing machine, it's an appliance that uses water and electricity. Those two things don't really mix well sometimes. Yeah. Um, or if you're standing on a grounded floor, and if you're in the, your basement um, and you're in your bare feet. Um, you can become a direct path to ground if something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, so it's basically a shock hazard um, thing. It keeps you from getting um, electrocuted. Sure. <laughs> Do you explain it's a code? It's really a code violation too. The new homes that this is something we absolutely have, they absolutely have to have. Um, yeah. I mean, it's their home. They don't have to do it. I always, I always say that this is this is optional. Yeah. Um, I don't try to pressure them into doing it. Yeah. Um. I I always highly recommend it. Sure. Um, and like if they say they're, I always kind of try to say like, um, this is the code for new homes. Um, if a, if a house is being built today, um, this is what it would require. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
and it's even more important in older homes too. Yeah, Same you're treating, you're not pushing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that. Uh, the hot one is always troubleshooting calls. Okay, I've got an outlet. I don't know why it's not working. So uh, you know, you, it, it, say I took you right to it. You know, from from inside, you came in the home. We're going right to it. Um, and maybe I got a call I want to go on or something. I'm working from home. Um, how do you explain this the homeowner though? that, you know, we really need to, you know, to, there's a charge with the troubleshooting, right? Mm -hmm. That it's not included with service fees. So how do you address that? How, how do you, I guess, sell the value of what that tr troubleshoot charge, charge is? Yeah. Um, so yeah, with diagnostics, those ones obviously are uh, a bit tricky, um, trying to get people comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, so I always kind of try to like get on their side and make them like, Get, get their get them to kind of trust me that I have their best interest in mind. Yeah. Um. So I'll always kind of like I won't immediately like go and say like they're like, oh my post light isn't working. I'm not immediately gonna get to the front door, um, or and meet and like start talking to them and be like, okay, diagnostic. Like within the first five minutes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll kind of be like, okay, we're gonna take a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna see if we can find an immediate fix. If we can, great. I'll let you know what it will be to fix it. Um, if we can't, if it seems like there's going to be a bit more, um, uh, involved work in terms of trying to figure out why your post light isn't working. Um, we have this diagnostic charge. Um, it basically covers the time that it's going to take. It could take up to three hours to try to figure out why this isn't working. Mm -hmm. Um, included in that is a small repair. Um, so, and we will do everything we can to keep it covered under the diagnostic. We can't guarantee it. Mm -hmm. um there is a chance that say something needs to be rewired um if there's a big repair we need to rewire it or something like that we will have to have additional costs which we will go over with you before um we make those repairs we're not we always try to keep everything straightforward yeah um so it sounds reasonable yeah so people have, oh okay it makes sense yeah. you're three hours or i guess there's a charge right so mm -hmm. do you tell them i guess it's it's uh, x amount at that point then um yeah, so I mean, some if I if I bring up that there might have to be that diagnostic um, after we find that we can't figure out what the problem is, yeah. I won't tell them right away what that cost is. I'll kind of get them ready for um, just mentally that like, it's oh, I'm gonna have to pay more than the service fee, right? Um, and then once I build up that price for it, do the safety inspection, obviously. Um, hopefully, have more than just one option than the diagnostic. I'll. If we do this, like I'll try to do the safety inspection before we do the diagnostic. Mm, uh, okay. you, will, you will do that kind of as you're just, you know, they're letting you do your thing mm -hmm. and, and they're doing their thing. And so you'll, you'll do kind of the safety inspection as you're walking around as part of that. Yeah. Because yeah. if I do the safety inspection, yeah. um, I I always try to build options and stuff while I'm in the house. Sure. Um, I don't really go out to the truck or anything. Right. I try to stay in the house so that I can talk to a customer as we're going through. Right. It'll kind of like... Um, just give us some time to it'll make them feel like we're um doing like doing our our legwork before we jump to that diagnostic part um and then i can also build up more options so you like so here's your option c just the diagnostic option b option a um is includes a search protector or replacing your panel or um something like that really uh, you'll, you'll offer options before doing a complete diagnostic on everything really so then you, you're basically do you have to close them a second time then say if it is a, you do the diagnostic and you're like oh man this is a this is going to be a complicated repair that we need to do so you'll, you'll do it you'll go back again mm -hmm. oh that's yeah. interesting okay yes yeah, if, if i have to i mean if yeah, yeah if we find that there's a really expensive piece of equipment to be replaced or something yeah um 
Is yeah. Hey, Mr. Jones, this is the situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this is we've we've figured out that this is the problem. Um, yep. Unfortunately, there's a say you the wire is broken underneath the ground. Um, we can't we can't fix that um, under, covered under a diagnostic. We're going to have to put a new piece of pipe in the ground and run a new wire to your post light. Right. Um, there's going to be a lot more work involved in that. It's not just a quick little fix. Sure. But before that, maybe you had already talked about surge protection and two GFSOP, mm -hmm. GFIs, and maybe even a, a panel. Yeah. All in it. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. Support for this podcast comes from Train. Did you know the Train Home app gives homeowners control over their train smart comfort system from the palm of their hands? Give them the power to adjust temperature, hot or cold, set schedules, monitor usage, and optimize energy from anywhere. The Train Home app gives homeowners the ability to control how their environment feels so they can create their perfect cozy space. Download the Train Home app on the App Store today or get it on Google Play. Um, uh, just to, to go back to my outlet example, um, do will you go ahead and pull outlets then and the other outlets in the room say they're one the, the one's backstabbed and just yeah, it's dead mm -hmm. and then go, hey Bob, you know, take a look at these other ones. You know, they're also in the same situation. Is that something you you usually do as well? Oh yeah, definitely. How do you explain to a homeowner well, that all the other ones are working fine, right? With well, that one's the only one that's broken. So how do you kind of communicate what you're doing in that in that situation? Yeah, so like with backstabs, backstabs in specific, specific, yeah. um, like with, uh, like it's just kind of explain to them like the way a circuit is wired is it's everything is kind of daisy changed from one outlet to the next, mm -hmm. um, so that load is passing through all of those outlets, um, and any one of them could kind of go if there's just a loose connection because of the nature of backstabs. Mm -hmm. um, it happened at this outlet it means that it could be happening at all of the other outlets as, as well mm -hmm. um and if you want to avoid having to pay another service fee um once it happens at the next outlet um which is probably going to um if it's happening at this outlet um it could be a good idea to just get it all taken care of right now um and then the more outlets we can we can offer discounts on like um if you're doing multiple outlets at the same time so you got 50 outlets and switches all throughout the house. We can give you a bulk package, um, discount the price per device. Mm. Um, and that might incentivize them to be like, okay, maybe I should just do it all right now. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, we, we talked about surge, but we really kind of didn't highlight it that much. What do you, how do you, cause again, you know, growing up, I thought, oh, power strip and eh, everything's protected on that. Right. So how do you educate people on the value of, of a whole house surge protector? What do you, what do you say to people? Um, yeah. So that's a, uh, with surge protectors kind of um that'll be the kind of thing where i like so i noticed your panel doesn't have a surge protector um there oh, that was a thing yeah um they're required on all panels as a 2020 by the national electric code um the way i'll kind of like describe them to people i try to keep kind of keep it simple i don't try to get down to the nitty-gritty unless they want to yeah um i basically compare it to a surge strip i'll say it acts like a surge strip they plug your computers and tvs into um, but it basically protects everything throughout the house. So especially the big ones, like your in-wall oven, um, your car charger, um, which people are doing a bunch of car chargers right now. Um, so help to help to protect all those things that can't get plugged into a surge strip, essentially. Um, things you don't think about that are really expensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we do the, we, we um, sell the PSPs. Um, so we can kind of sell them on, um, the really good warranties that they offer, mm -hmm. um, but up to a hundred, I think it's a hundred thousand dollars, 
um, and damages, if anything does happen, mm. um, they can get that covered by PSP oh, that's right. um, for that for the damages that might occur after the surge goes in. Mm. Um, so it kind of just gives them that peace of mind. Yeah, kind of sells itself when people. Yeah, exactly. Clients. That's that's something I kind of try to like tell myself is just let the product sell itself, let them know what it is, and then um, some people value that. Some people are like, ah, I'll just wait until it blows out and then I'll call you. Yeah. That's fine. You, that, that, yeah, that's your decision, though, yeah. at least, right? You know, yeah. hard hard question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something I always forget forget to bring up, but I, I it's obviously a huge safety issue. Smoke detectors, right? Growing mm-hmm. up, till I got wor- started working with with certain path SGI, I was like. Those things expire. I didn't know that, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you educate people that that they do expire and that they're really it's it's a major safety concern? So mm-hmm. you know maybe you notice that that yellow smoke detector. Well, how, how how do you communicate those? That should be something that we address. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of thing where it's really easy to notice it too. So I'll just kind of be like, even if they said no to the safety inspection, I'll still bring it up. Um, just be like, hey, it, um, I noticed your smoke detectors are really old. Um, they're re- recommended by the manufacturers themselves that be re- they would be replaced every eight to 10 years. Um, once they hit that point, um, it can just create the potential for a lot of, um, inconveniences. It can create the, um, potential for nuisance tripping. Um, and then also they won't, they, you, they can't be guaranteed that they'll work the way that they're supposed to. Right. Um, they might not actually find um notice um a fire or if they don't have carbon monoxide detectors kind of bring that up yeah um and be like you don't have any carbon monoxide protection um the new code is to have those at the tops and bottoms of the stairs make sure you have one in the utility room um yeah yeah what kind of options do you guys offer on on smoke so that you know is it just interconnected you do the 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 I don't know. There's all sorts of different types, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not a technical guy. You tell me, what do you guys typically offer? Yeah. There's a bunch of different options. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of make it work in whatever house, whether they have a hardwired or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Say it's a house that doesn't have any smoke detectors. Yeah. Um, if it's, we can offer to just do battery powered, which some people are like, I can just screw that up myself. But a lot, some people will be like, I don't want to deal with that. Um, oh, unless you throw this in. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it's a really big house, um, they do make like the ten-year sealed battery smoke detectors. Um, that be wa- right? Yeah, the um, battery. Yeah, um, and they make they make some models that have like the wireless interconnect, um, and you can kind of sell them on that and be like, this will basically act um, like a hardwired system, but you don't actually have to add the wires, and they'll still talk to each other. Yeah. Um, if it's kind of like a smaller house, say it's a little cape house, 1,200 square feet or something, and they only need three, um, I can tell they don't really want to spend that much on it. Just go with like 10-year seals that still, that, but they don't interconnect. It can yeah. make it a little more cost-effective. Yeah. Um, still yeah, still yeah, get on the You're reserving the situation and building it for that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, lighting. Do you, do you ever recommend lighting? Maybe it's, you know, so it's a outdoor lighting or security lighting or or maybe you're just like in a dark room and they're they got 80 uh you know different things on you know lamps on to, to illuminate the room is that something you ever bring up to people um not typically honestly yeah. um uh, like if somebody calls me out there to um put a ceiling fan in 
I'm not going to be like, so I noticed your side yard is very dark. Sure. Um, I w- why don't you put a motion detector out there? Yeah. They'll be like, what the, what? Uh, <laughs> Weird transition. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I, like that was one thing I noticed, like, um, I had, like, one, like, when I was an apprentice, one of the licensed electricians I worked with, she uh, um, would do that constantly, and every time she did it, the people were like, no, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, I, yeah, it just kind of comes. Right approach, at least, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just, yeah, I don't know it. For me, it just kind of comes off as um, kind of like grasping at straws, trying to like, um, like trying to push everything. Trying to push everything. Yeah. Um, if if it's not like, like yeah, safety lighting, security lighting, technically you could call it like a safety inspection item, but yeah. um, I personally don't think that um, that needs to sure. be brought up. It's that's the kind of thing like a lot of people will call us out there for adding security lighting yeah. stuff. Um, and then at that point, yeah, then you're talking about it because that's why you're in the yeah. show. Yeah, and, mo- and most homes, like, they'll, like, people will have their switched outlet or something. Um, if people want to upgrade from that, they'll call us out there for it. Yeah. Um, I kind of view that as a um, a personal preference kind of thing. Sure. Um, and if people want to upgrade it, they'll let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you guys, I can't remember, do you guys have a club membership that, that you sell? Mm-hmm. Very good. When you start talking about it, do you? I'm, I'm assuming uh, the call takers mention it mm-hmm. when when uh, you know me the homeowner calls in. When do you mention it uh, in the in the service calls? And only when we get to options, or do you bring it up earlier in the call? So I usually save the membership unless it comes up somehow. Otherwise, um, I will wait until the end um, when we're collecting payment to bring up the membership. It's kind of like that extra value booster at the end of the call. Okay. Um, like when we're pre- presenting as, uh, options, there is like we use Service Titan. It um, shows like a little green number, like potential savings. Yeah. Um, if people see that green number, um, say it's a five thousand dollar job, and um, our safety and our uh, membership um, gives you five percent savings, and they see that five percent savings of five hundred dollars or two hundred fifty, whatever five percent of five thousand is, um, they'll um, I'll then I'll bring up the membership if they're like, what the heck is that potential savings? Yeah. Um, then I'll bring it up then. But um, if it doesn't come up, I'll kind of bring it up at the end and they'll have gotten comfortable with the price that they're going to be paying. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of build value on top of that. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what, what what are the value builders you talk about with your club membership? Um, so the main four things that I try to um, bring up is it drops a $99 service fee for today's visit and any future visits. And it drops it to $59. Um, it extends our three-year warranty. Um, we have a three-year standard warranty and everything that extends it to be a lifetime warranty as long as you're on the plan. Wow, that's great. Um, so Lifetime? That, that's got to be pretty attractive to some people. Yeah, some people are really into that. Yeah. Um, and then um, it also gives them priority booking sometimes in the summer when we're booked a month out. Yeah. Um, the office will know that they're when they're calling, they'll know that they're on the membership and try to get them in as soon as possible, no matter what. Cool. Um, and then also it brings up, uh, it saves them 5% on all the work. Yeah. Um, I try to not just be like, membership, 5%, what do you think? Right. <laughs> yeah, you actually uh, tell them what the heck it is. Yeah. So just making them a, a, you know, a monetary ike. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're pushing back on the price um, when I'm going over options, then I'll also, if I'll, at that point, if they're kind of waffling on whether or not they want to do anything, 
then I'll bring up the membership then to try to um, be like, hey, here's a way to save you a little bit of money. Because at that point, you know, they're just kind of uh, focused on the numbers. Sure. Do you guys have, and you started HVAC, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah, I think it was just over two years ago. Two years ago. It was, yeah, I think we're, yeah, about two, two and a half. Is, uh, is the club membership bundled with the HVAC? So where they get like a discounted tune up and stuff like that? Like, is that something you, you share people? Because a lot of people automatically know they got to get, you know, their HVAC system tuned up. So, mm -hmm. hey, you get this additional service for, this X amount. Is that something you talk about much? Um, I usually, uh, I'll mention to customers that we have an HVAC department. Yeah. Um, I personally haven't sold one HVAC membership. Um, was it a different membership? Yeah, we oh, have yeah. different uh, memberships. We have an electrical membership and then an HVAC membership. Yeah. Um, if they bundle them together, they can get like a savings in total per month. But there's a lot of it kind of like the HVAC membership, um, the way ours is set up right now, I think it kind of depends on how many systems they have. Yeah. If they have five condensers and a furnace, um, it's obviously going to be a little bit more to sure. the, um, maintenance of it, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, sure no, about all the specifics of it. Um, but yeah, for the HVAC membership, there's a lot. It, it kind of depends on the scale of the house, I think. Um, so, but I'll I always... Right, yeah. I'll, I'll try to bring up that we have an HVAC department yeah. and um, try to at least flip a lead over to them and be like, "Do you, we can offer like a, uh, we'll come out and do like a, a maintenance of the system um, Yeah, and they yeah. can go over um, the HVAC plan. I was going to say, you, you, you see the system, you know, it's like, oh my God, this thing's 20 years old and yeah. it's rusted, it's a rust bucket. <laughs> You'll call and it, we just meant, hey. Mrs. Jones, uh, you know, would you want us to talk, you know, to, would you call the office and see if you to take a look at this? Will you do that actually? Or, or have you done that in the past? Yeah. Um, that's something that we try to like, um, like we've, they like, and like the office has kind of trained us to be like, Hey, while you're at the house, try and get something set up while you're there. Yeah. Um, so, so the that guy comes at, this, at the same time or you just set or, up? or at least set up an appointment. Yeah. Okay. Um, be like, do you, would you like us to call the office and set up an appointment or at least have them call you um, so that you don't really have to do anything? And sure. Uh, we can just come out here and make sure everything checks out. That's um, great. For your heating and cooling. Um, before we sit, you know, you sit down, you go through the options. Uh, do you talk to about what you saw in your safety inspection? Like you, re you really took good notes on everything. So you're not a, so yes. So how do you explain, like, what, how's your safety inspection set up? Is it like, you know, red, yellow, green, or, or, you know, do you go over, Hey, these are, everything's looking good with this, but this is so, so, and this is, you know, against code and muffle. How do you communicate what you see in the safety inspection? Um, yeah. So I don't really like pull up the safety inspection and go through it line item by line item. Um, uh, I'll basically like build safety inspection items um into like one option okay um if there isn't a lot going on going on in the house if they um just have one thing that they want done i always try to build three options still sure um so i'll try to have maybe like prioritize some safety inspection stuff say option a has your surge protector your gfi protection and the switch you aren't replaced yeah option b has your ground fall protection but no surge protection um, and then option C doesn't include your ground fall protection. And I'll kind of talk about everything, like be like, we can definitely do any and all of this today. We can replace your switch, um, and kind of bring that up first. Be like, so like when I'm kind of ready to go over, um, estimates and everything, be like, so 
we can definitely take care of what you called us out here for. We ran through our safety inspection. Um, I noticed that you don't have ground fall protection for your washing machine on your countertops and your outdoor outlets. I also noticed you don't have a surge protector on the panel. I built up a couple different options for you. Um, and I kind of tried to prioritize things so you can see price differences sure. um, and let them know that these are the estimates that I've written up for you. Um, if you want to change them up in any way, um, we can definitely do that. Uh, okay. These aren't like you're kind of open it up to it. Like, so I don't feel like I'm being pushed into one of three things. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. Very good. Do you guys do a lot of financing? I can't recall. Um, we do offer financing with green sky. Okay. Um, I don't typically, um, bring that up unless, uh, they start pushing back unless they start pushing back. Um, I find a lot of people kind of have like a personal pride thing. They're like, I don't want to finance that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I'll kind of use it as a last thing. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, like me personally, if I called somebody out to my house, I don't want to like finance everything. I try to avoid financing yeah. whatever I can. Sure. Um, and a lot of people are the same way. Some some people do really want to finance and um, they'll even ask you offer financing. Yeah. Um, and I'll bring it up then. But yeah, it's really when I start to get pushback um, is when I'll bring up the financing sure. part of it. So you don't do it. It's you don't do it a lot then. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Not typically. Right. Uh, like last year, I probably did, did it maybe five times. Oh, wow. Yeah. So not much at all. Okay. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, so how do you handle, boy, you know, I thought, I don't know, this coming out, you're going to fix my one broken outlet. This is going to cost a hundred bucks and you're going to be on your, on your way, you know. I'm a dumb home, homeowner, but then all of a sudden you lay out these options and like, oh, wow, we're looking at thousands of dollars potentially. Mm -hmm. So um, how do you handle those people that are a little sticker shocked? You kind of try to be like there are certain codes and stuff that we have to adhere to. Um, it's not just that um, we need to replace a switch. Um, whenever we work in any circuits in the home, we have to add an arc fault breaker for it. As licensed electricians, we have to hold ourselves to... Um, the highest standards and make sure we're adhering to all the codes. So we have to install these arc fault breakers. It does add a cost to the job. Um, included in that price, um, we always show up when we say we will. Um, there's always going to be someone in the office to answer the phone for you. Um, we communicate really well with you. We kind of let you know when we're coming, um, send you a text when we're coming and all that. Um, and if anything goes wrong after we leave, say your smoke detectors start beeping um, or this switch stops working or your arc fault breaker that we put in starts tripping, we're not just going to blow you off and never answer the phone for you again. There will always be someone there to answer the phone for you and hold us accountable for whatever work we did. Um, and we try to stand by everything. So um, all that kind of stuff gets factored into the price. It's not just a time and materials um it's all that one straightforward price that includes all those added benefits it's not just replacing the switch mm. um, there's a lot more that comes with it sure yeah maybe highly your warranty semi three years is a pretty i'm assuming that's probably better than most other electricians in your market yeah um yeah i mean um typically it's probably like a one year, year yeah. warranty or um, if it's a one-man show, they probably don't even want to worry to you. Never to be seen again. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you get much, uh, boy, I, I, I might, I, this is a lot of money. Maybe I, I want to get other bits. Do you get people that will say that? or Yeah, yeah. definitely. How do, you, how do you handle that as someone that's, you know, maybe I want to get other bits? Um, yeah, I, I tell them that's totally okay. That's It's up to you. It's your own. That's, um, there's nothing stopping you from getting three, three estimates. They 
it's all over the news. They're telling you to get three estimates. It's uh, sure. Um, so you don't push back hard. You I, don't want to be that. that I, I, yeah. I mean, I try to. I always try to push a little bit and yeah. um, not be like in your face pushy, but just kind of be like, we're here. We're ready to do do the work today. Um, if you do get estimates from other companies, I just highly recommend that you um, at least make sure they're doing the everything um, up to the current codes and everything is. Um, and make sure they're doing like try to compare what they're doing. You're, we're going to send these estimates over to you. Um, try and compare what they offer to what we're offering. Sure. Um, make sure that they're um, putting those art fault breakers in there, um, doing everything up to the current code and all that. For sure. Um, how, how about those customers? Like you know, there's it's different shock. You know, boy, I think I just need I need you know a little time to think about this. Will you just kind of go? Sure, I'll go. You know, I don't know, go whatever you're doing. Find an excuse to leave for a minute, basically, and then circle back. Is that something you'll do to kind of let them digest it a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, if, uh, if they need to go talk to their significant other right. or something, yeah. um, I'll be like, yeah, would you like to just step out, um, hang out by the van for 15 minutes or something like that? Yeah. Or just if they want to go upstairs and they're like, yeah, you can just hang out in the kitchen. And we're like, that's totally fine. Um, there was one time where um, a customer... Um, they like needed a new circuit run for their a new electric stove. They're switching from gas to electric, mm -hmm. um, and they went upstairs, talked to their wife for twenty minutes, brought the wife back downstairs, um, and then I basically had to go through the whole spiel again <laughs> to the wife. And then they went upstairs for another twenty five minutes, and I was just standing in the kitchen the whole time. And they came back down after basically like forty five minutes or an hour, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna do it." Yeah. Um, so. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like sitting, standing in the kitchen, like, "Oh my God, please say yes." Please say yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Um, all right, so uh, the the job sold. Um, do you always try? I mean, there. I'm sure there's instances where it can't the work can't be com completed the same day, right? Mm -hmm. They're sold at five or six o'clock, and that, I don't know how often we guys stay. Do you stay until eight or nine o'clock? I mean, some, probably some homeowners don't want you to do that, right? If it's a later call. Yeah. Um, so you'll try to book it maybe what the next day or something like that or to a couple days out. Right. Yeah, okay. definitely. So what do you do to make sure that that person doesn't get buyer's remorse and cancel? Do you kind of start the job a little bit or what, what do you guys do? Yeah, we, um, yeah, if we say it's, we usually end our days around three to four thirty. Sure. Um, if we sell something, say at two thirty or at three, um, we at least try to yeah get something going. If say you sell a service change, you need to change the panel and the meter, um, we'll try to get at least the grounding done that day. Yeah. Get the ground rods driven, um, and then at least try to collect like a partial payment. Okay. Um, something like that. Okay. Um, sometimes you can't. There isn't anything you can get started on, and you kind of. At that point, you at least try to get a deposit from them. Okay. Um, be like, we can come back and say tomorrow morning, yeah. or if you if they need to wait until next Tuesday, be like, in order to reserve your spot on the schedule, we just need to take a twenty-five to fifty percent deposit, depending on how big of a job it is or something okay. like that. Um, how much material needs to be ordered. Okay. Um, and just be like, we'll we'll need to take to this deposit. Um, and then the remaining balance can be paid in full once we complete the work. Okay. Um, so at a minimum, if we aren't starting the work, if we can't, if, we, if there's nothing we can even do that day, um, at least try to get a deposit so that, um, you know, they're um, kind of invested a little yeah. bit in it. Most people, I think they would probably understand that, right? That, yeah. I do as a homeowner, I'd be like, oh, well, that makes sense, right? Yeah. You're going to order all this stuff for me. Yeah. So there's got to be a cost associated. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, just kind of wrapping up, David, what, what kind of uh, has motivated you to do such a great job? You're a young guy and already you're, you've got some great numbers. So what, what motivates you is to stay focused and, and have the right mindset day in and day out? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, number one, well, maybe not number one, but one obvious thing is money. Um, our company has a really good um, commission structure that um, it kind of rewards us the more we sell, the more we make. Yeah. Um, so that's one motivating factor. Um, honestly, like I'm, I, I'm a bit of a competitive person, so, um, I like being able to see my numbers, um, and kind of track it on service Titan and see my progress from day to day, okay. um, and kind of, um, be able to, uh, have that friendly competition with my coworkers and, yeah. um, be like, Hey, where are you at? Uh, <laughs> so every morning you guys are poking and prodding each other, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Maybe not every morning, but yeah. um, we'll always check in and be like, hey, what do you have for the month at the end of the month or yeah. like that? Or what do you have for the year? Yeah. Um, so that kind of stuff. And That's great. Um, honestly, just the our company gives us a really good um, work-life balance. Yeah. Um, and just being able to like stay fresh and not be overworked sure. um, allows me to kind of stay in a positive mindset, which I find just really helps overall in my overall outlook being at work. Yeah. Um, so having a really good work-life balance really does make a difference for um, coming in and being motivated. That's correct. How many hours do you typically put in a week? Um, it's usually 40 to 50. Yeah. Um, There's no, they don't put, do this 80 hours. So mm -hmm. even though the calls might come in, they're like, it's not worth burning you guys out. Yeah. Um, I've in the six and a, well, six and almost half, six and a half years, I've um, been at the company. I've worked one Saturday um, in that whole time span. Um, uh, and good for people to hear. Yeah, because there's a lot of companies that go, oh, you don't you don't offer weekend service. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and customer, customers will ask that and be like, nope, we don't work Saturdays. Our company really values our um, our work life balance, and most of the time, customers are like, oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> they see that as a positive thing. Yeah. Like they obviously some people want us to come out on Saturday, but um, we're like, you know, you're not our customer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is great because I mean it's harder to find you guys, so no reason to burn you out. Yeah. Uh, kind of wrapping up, say, you know, a, a, a young guy like you were a couple of years ago as an apprentice is, is watching this and hasn't run his or her own truck yet. What would you say to him or her to kind of um, say, you know, how, how do they become like you and become successful, sell eight hundred over $800,000 in, in residential service? What, what advice might you impart? Um, just try to keep an open mind, be open to taking criticism. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of constructive criticism. Um and try to learn from your um, people. Always try to be learning and asking questions. Yeah. Um, if I was like when I was an apprentice, if I was ever um, with somebody that say like a coworker that you didn't really enjoy being with, sure. Um, always try to find the positive. Yeah. Um, if you're working with somebody and you hate how they do everything, at least try to be like, okay, how can I learn from this still? Um, if they're a really bad teacher, be like, okay, how do I? try to like pinpoint the things that you shouldn't do when you're working as an electrician and try to um, fine tune the way that you're going to work um, when you're running the show. Yeah. Um, By the positive. Yeah. Find the positive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's great. David, you did a great job today. You, you really outlined how I deliver exceptional service every day. I appreciate your time. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. 
The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Angie. Angie is one of the largest home services marketplaces that connects qualified service professionals to project-ready homeowners. With over 25 years of experience and a network of more than 250,000 pros, we have helped more than 150 million people with their home needs. For service professionals, we are the source for everything from new customers and revenue streams to reviews, payments, and perks. With homeowners today investing more than ever, countless projects need a pro to take them on. We make the connection. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With Certain Path, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.